Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on The Art of the CEO, the show that brings you the wisest counsel from the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson. Your Hieronymus Bosch of business, and you, my friend, have no doubt been tsunamied by a wash of leadership seminars. This is how to plan your leadership strategy. Here's how to lay out your vision. Here's how to set down motivational. By who, frankly, <clears throat> all these recipes sort of sort of turn leading others into some sort of so- scholarly scientific study. And frankly, uh, you, my devoted listeners, may realize that that's why we at the Art of the CEOs pretty much steer clear of this overworn pathway. But, but, then comes a guy like Mr. Chris Westfall, who says, no, 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 leadership is accomplished in those brief face-to-face or text-to-text encounters. It's an authentic, active verb that becomes part of what you do minute by minute, you're daily conducting a business. Yes, leadership is achieved on the fly. And Chris Westfall is a prolific speaker. He's uh, mentors major firm leaders globally. He's an author with seven books to his credit. His latest leadership language, using authentic communication to drive results, is on Bart's own highly recommended reading list. And as living proof that brevity is the soul of production, Mr. Westfall is the current U.S. National Elevator Pitch Champion. (laughs) Only in America. So... Whether you are an entrepreneurially launching, uh, soul, uh, setting out a new uh, custom perfumery line for brides like Sevi does, or you're a standout employee who sees the solutions but needs to entice others into following her lead like Hazel, pull up your chair a little closer and join us for this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your adventures flourish. Chris. We are happy to welcome a gentleman of your originality onto the Art of the CEO. And uh, let me just say, ask, would a good elevator pitch for Chris Westfall be, um, here sits an experienced businessman, facile of tongue, agile of mind, and with a briefcase full of highly applicable leadership tools that you don't have yet. Is that good or not? (laughs) Bart, I love it. Thank you so much for that introduction and that elevator pitch. I mean, that 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 is fantastic. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, well, it's so good to have you here. Uh, and I, I'd like uh, the listeners to know that I developed a real affinity for Chris when we first chatted. Uh, first, because Chris believes with me that death by PowerPoint should be a capital offense. And secondly, that Chris, uh, I like what you put behind your pitches in my own book CEO of yourself I noted that that life is messy that it comes at you fast and you really need to develop personal principles in which you firmly believe and allow and allow them to guide your tongue in action is that is would that be a fair part of your message absolutely because principles are the things that go beyond belief uh, they they are the things that govern the the way the world works, and that's true whether we're talking about a principle like the law of gravity, for example, or uh-huh. the law of effective conversation. 
the laws that govern, the yeah. principles that, that govern engagement. And that's what I try to point to in leadership language is to help people to access not some six-step process for leadership, but a greater understanding of where leadership lives. Because I, I don't know about you, Bart, but I mean the, the folks that I work with, they're, they're smart people. And I find that when you work with smart people, if you share a new level of understanding that's based on principles, smart people know how to make those principles work for them. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. I, I like where principles live, and and is is a very good phrase. And you know, you had another one that I it was one of the pearls in your books. I absolutely love you. You say <clears throat> who you are becomes when you are, and I found that particularly insightful. Uh, I'm clutching out of context, but you ask folks to realize that their experience not only colors their their thoughts and their words. But you're asking them to dig a little deeper, as you said, into that understanding and see where that experience is springing into their minds. Could you give us a good example of that? Sure. In the book, I talk about my friend Murray Wilcox. And Murray Wilcox is a guy from Cape Town, South Africa, who is an extreme surfer. So he looks for waves that are 15, 20, 25 feet high. And uh, I'm not a surfer, but I I know that even a 10-foot wave can weigh as much as 400 tons. I mean, it can crush you if you you navigate that incorrectly. And so here's here's Murray looking for these gigantic waves and literally risking his life. And I was very curious to find out when he was at the top of one of these epic waves – What's going through his uh-huh. mind? I was looking in the direction of, of, of the right that that mindset that that when you're truly at, yeah, a, yeah. at that that moment, what's that mindset? And I I was talking with Murray and I said, Murray, when you are at the top of a wave, are you thinking about turning left, turning right? What is your plan? What is your strategy? What what is on your mind? And he told me without hesitation that the thing that is on his mind is nothing at all. And I thought about that, and I thought, man, hold on a second. That there's there's not attack pattern delta nine. There's not, uh, you know, you're not thinking about, you know, does my wetsuit suit look cool? You're thinking about <laughs> nothing. You're you're in the moment, and that's that's when I realized, Bart, that that who you are becomes when you are, when you are in the moment, and the experiences that you've had that brought you to this moment are important but not as significant as the moment we have right now because the past is gone. The past is fixed. We can't change it, but we can create new results, new potential, and new leadership initiatives when we realize that when we are is always right now. And that's the experience that is most valuable for leaders. And I, Bart, I say this as as someone who is a planner, who who has spent a lifetime looking for that, you know, attack pattern delta nine, that that six step strategy, that that <laughs> methodology, right? That could that could help me right. to be a more effective leader. And the the result of all my searching was what Murray said to me simply. The place when you are at your strongest and at your best and able to create the results that are are most surprising and most powerful is when you have as little on your mind as possible. I like that statement, and I want you all to notice that Murray came up with that statement 
without hesitation because the belief was already there implanted. And I know it's early on the show, but I think we have a quill pen moment right here. That is, Chris has just spoken a timeless business truth. So I would like you all to take your pens, dip them in the inkwell, and scribble down that that life occurs and leadership occurs in the moment, and the moment is now. I think that's great. Also, by the way, the, the fewer plans you have, the less of them you've got to screw up. That's just <laughs> that's my version. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, I, you're speaking to a fellow who believes that control is highly overrated, but who's, who's someone who's never had any. Anyway, uh, you know, Chris, <laughs> the other thing you do, you are everyone all over the business community is telling individuals to brand themselves, but not not Chris Westfall. You're encouraging the leader to unbrand herself. Now, I I, I mean, don't we need this, this famous, don't I need my, my famous General Patton scowl or my basketball coach John Wooden's inscrutable stare? Don't I need that? <laughs> well, wasn't it Patton who said that all glory is fleeting? I think that when we look at the yes, question of right. trying to brand ourselves, right? You know what I'm saying, right? The famous quote from Patton. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, thing, the thing that shows up for me is that there are two questions that can cause a lot of suffering and can take you away from whatever leadership initiative you want to create for yourself. And those two questions are, who am I and how am I doing? Because when you are focused on who you are and your personal brand, guess what? You're looking in the wrong direction. What I put forward in this book is that people need to look in the direction of service and being of service to others. And focusing on yourself, by definition, means you can't focus on where the results really come from. If leadership is about service, and Bart, you and I both believe it is about service. I, I know that. But if it's about service, we have to look in the direction of where that service really comes from. And this, this sort of, who am I? And, oh, and also, how am I doing? That's like, that's like trying to play a game while you're looking at the scoreboard, while you're wondering, Absolutely. you know, am I going to get a first down? Am I going to get a home run? Play the game. Play the game. Play the game. And, yeah. and the game is a game of in service, a game of sharing your vision. In that moment, exactly. Don't look at the scoreboard. Play the game. Chris, I, I like that idea so much, and I would just add as a little something uh, to sort of make you believe that, my friend, is that if you think of your career as a contribution or your leadership as a contribution, what it does is it opens up more avenues of service and things. Madonna came to New York to be originally a dancer. She said, no, 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 I'm not a dancer. The service I provide is avant entertainment to these people. Look at how it opened up. That's so, as Chris says, get that it, that the leadership is service. And as that's, as you look at it as a service, things open up. Uh, Sorry for my little pontification there, but there you have it. (laughs) If you've just joined us, you you are listening. I agree. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's good to know. <laughs> yes. uh, it's always nice to have an expert back you up. 
If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the airily esoteric avenues of cyberspace, where you may listen and download it by visiting theartoftheceo.com. We're on many live radio shows and a host of of, uh, Internet streams, but to hear all our shows, visit theartoftheceo.com. Now, Chris, uh, you... Uh, you realize that, uh, as you said, that, that leadership is a soul, not a role, and that the majority of leadership is done on the on the fly, being better with the right words, the right decision in these in your face encounters. So, uh, what I thought we'd do is, uh, if this if this is all right with you, uh, I thought we would put you on the spot, and we could bring a couple of. Uh, Faced uh, encounters that you that people have in business, and I'm going to ask you to come up with perhaps the right words or the right solution as uh, on on the fly. Does that sound like fun? Sounds like a sounds like a great exercise. Yeah, sounds good. All right, let's see let's see how we do. First one here here's here's one to ponder. Uh, I want to continually lift my people's heads up and make them aware of, of our corporate vision, uh, vision I crafted, by the way, as a leader. So how do I do that? In other words, what words do I employ to get my vision across without sounding preachy, and when do I do it? Well, let me let me just try this and, and see if this makes sense for you. You know how every company okay. has a mission statement, but where right. that mission statement starts to matter is inside the, the hearts and minds of the employees, the team. And if the mission statement is really about a mission, in other words, about the service no. that this company can provide, you have to ask your employees to look in, inside themselves at how that mission matters because slogans are not the same as solutions. And bringing solutions means we have to live the mission every day. And so if I were pitching this concept that you just gave to me, I would ask my employees, my team, what the mission really means to you and how you are creating an impact for the people that you serve, the folks on your team, the customers that you touch every day, your boss, uh, our investors, etc., Looking in the direction of impact is the way that a mission statement comes to life. And it's wonderful to have words on a wall, but there's something beyond those words. And what's beyond those words is leadership. And leadership happens on a personal level. So I would challenge your teams and the people that you care about to see what happens when business gets personal and ask for the kind of commitment that you need to – Make sure that that slogan is not just a pretty picture on the wall, but it's something that you live every day. How's that? Wonderful. A very, very insightful answer. It reminds me of uh, Joe Rigby, CEO of Pepco Holdings, who when he went to deliver his mission statement to groups at a time, his his, uh, vision, he always carried a whiteboard to get their feelings and feedback Mm. on it. Fabulous. Uh, Okay, how about this one? Uh, Chris, this is the unpopular decision. You've got the entire team. They've been working on the the engineering guys have been working on the prototype, tweaking and lifting their eyes from their own shoes. And marketing folks have been scheming with a new product, and they've they've got them for for three months now, and they've got it all released. They the date's been set. And then you've got to come and tell them. Now, maybe it's because of a board fiat. Maybe it's economic timing. You've got to tell them that the whole thing is going to be pushed back six months, maybe even further. So uh, 
and you you want to keep up the morale, you want to keep things going. What do I come and say? I'm the leader. What do I say that when as I deliver the unpopular decision, I got to make it real. But at the same time, how do I keep the keep my troops alive? You've put your finger on one of the toughest things to discuss in leadership, but one of the things that leaders have to possess is an understanding that you don't duck. When the news is tough and you have to deliver the news, you share it honestly, clearly, and with authenticity. But any message is always delivered inside of a context. And I talk about the importance of context in, in the book. And, and so many leadership books focus on your content, but it's actually the context mm. that brings the content to life. In fact, context conquers content. I mean, it's, it's like the old uh, George Carlin joke where he would walk out on stage and he'd say, let me give you the sports scores, 6, 21, 15, without context. <laughs> You, you, you see what I mean? There's no, I remember there's that. No That's meaning. fabulous. Yeah, I remember yeah, George yeah, Carlin right. used to say that. And, and it's yeah. true, too, when you're delivering difficult news, is you have to, first of all, don't duck, don't dodge. People, people know what BS smells like, and yeah. you, as a leader, in my opinion, you, you owe people the truth. But – in order for the truth to be meaningful, what is the context? As you were saying, what's the context for the decision? And leaders always look in the direction of impact. What is the impact of this delay? And what is the impact of these additional six months? And what are we going to do about the situation? Because you, you can sugarcoat it, but what I recommend is an authenticity approach that calls on your team to rally around a context, you know, if if a product launch has been delayed six months, it is what it is. The real question is, right. what are we going to do about it? And pointing people in that direction is the place where you find results and you find real impact. Uh, very good. I I like that and the, the, the bringing the impact and and uh, getting and giving them a new heading rather than just dropping a bucket. That's great. Well, and it, if, I've if always it looks, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. no. I was just going to say, if if it looks like it's a mistake, if it looks like there's a snafu, if it looks like things are going to be delayed for six months and all is lost, and no. you know we've tried everything. Remember that right, when right. people say we've tried everything, you got to add this phrase to the end of that sentence, and that phrase is except what works. We've tried everything ah. except what works. And, and that just people in that, that is that's the possibility. Yeah. Well, that answer that's one of those beautiful Westfall ideas that that makes that you plant and keeps the mind leading. Except what works. That asks a question. Well, okay, gang, what does work? You know, right? Fabulous. I love that, Chris. I've always believed, uh, me personally, in pouring out praise like a medium-priced wine. And by that I mean don't gush it around like water so its value is diluted, but at the same time, it don't deem it as so precious that it's forever held in reserve. So I work with my uh, folks all you know, with daily, weekly interchanges. How do I go about praising my people? Well, the saying goes, praise in private, punish in private. There's a two-edged sword regarding 
uh, or double-edged sword, I should say, regarding praise. One is that praise can offer the kind of encouragement that inspires new behavior and leads people to create re new results, which is great. But the other thing that, that praise, especially in front of a group, can create is sometimes it can create jealousy among other team members. And so when, when giving out praise – and by the way, praise is, is different than recognition. Recognition for yes, an outcome yes, or a result is different than than day to day praise. Let me help you along your journey. You know, thank you for a job well done. Versus here's here's an outcome. Here is how someone stood out amongst peers, and there's recognition for that effort. But praise, that daily praise, can be a two edged sword. And I advocate that, as you say, don't hold back the wine. Make sure that you're providing the kind of feedback and encouragement that is most useful. But a leader has to consider when is praise private and when is praise public because like any tool, what makes it valuable and powerful is the way that you use it. So look in that direction when it comes to praise and you will see new results and a new opportunity to use that tool, to use acknowledgement, to use recognition to create the results that you need and not drive jealousy uh, within the team. That's great. That's why they make more than one kind of wrench. So that's you're absolutely right. That the, the, the praise uh, is very good insight. I, I like that. Um, hmm. At this point, after Chris Westfall has given us well several helpings of leadership mentoring to so that we may find our inner Caesar or Churchill, I believe <laughs> it's truly time for us to take a brief sorbet and uh, let me proffer a few utensils for today's feast. So, if you'll give me a moment here, the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you set about enlisting some aid for your current venture and then even sharing in the credit? Or... Will you continue to believe in the myth that you must be a self-made business mogul who goes it alone? <laughs> the choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 102 best business quips books. So let me find it. Where? Oh, here it is. Okay. Uh, here we are. Here we are. This is number 86. Uh, a great leader can inspire his people to scrabble up a sheer wall with barehanded. A, a truly good manager makes sure there are enough ladders lining the wall so everyone gets over it swiftly. What do you think, Chris? Did we get the balance right on that one? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you've got to have an element of planning and vision for any successful initiative. And I think back to my friend Murray Wilcox trying to catch a 15, 20, 25-foot yeah. wave. When he's on top of that wave, yeah. he's in the moment, and he is, he is at his mm. best. But I guarantee you that he planned to bring his surfboard <laughs> to the beach that day <laughs> and planned to go out. Yeah, so you have to, you have, to have a balance mm -hmm. of both, and that's a perfect balancing act in that quip. It's, it's just an excellent statement. I really appreciate it. All right. And my only afterthought on that, the only thing I could possibly add to what Chris has said, is that just notice that I did not say the great leader and the good manager must be two different people. 
So if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit BartsBooks.com, pick up your copy of 102 or the 101 Best Business Quips, and you will find your intellectual conversations leavened with joyous wit and your stock rising among your coworkers or something. Uh, and as a third utensil, uh, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the individual who said, if you want to be a millionaire, start with a billion dollars and launch a new airline. <laughs> Those words were spoken by none other than a gentleman who knows the founded Virgin Airlines and many other Virgin Enterprises, Sir Richard Branson. Congratulations, all you winners. And stick with us, because later on in the show, blurting your way comes another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or to be. And email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and soul-stirring gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to Chris Westfall, who is guiding us to our leadership sweet spots, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, who invites you to take good scrutiny of one of their very valuable volumes. So that's how they do it, Tactics from Business Masters. This is one of my favorite, I've got to say, book projects, primarily because of the readership. We deliberately designed this book for, for folks who, uh, well, we term them the energized elite. You, you know who you are. You're, the, you're that individual who seeks to fulfill and find a satisfying career enough to not only just hear a good idea, but to rise up and push your arms off the swivel chair and seize a better tool and apply it to your business. Well, my friend, if you've got that kind of fire in your belly, go out and get yourself a copy of So That's How They Do It. It has a whole array of business masters who supply you with tactics, disciplines, attitudes, and gives you some excellent examples. And you may pick up your copy at bartsbooks.com and uh, find something that may just spark your own mind. Carpe diem, my friend. You are worth it. And now... I invite you to continue to lift your high, uh, lift higher gray matter and your compassion toward the goal of leadership under the wise counsel of Mr. Chris Westfall. Chris, what about? Uh, I have one more thing here, uh, sort of a Gordian snarl for you. Uh, the leader comes and he says, none of my people can ever make a decision. Uh, so I'm right here standing in front of James. I'm, I need him to choose where we should put our advertising dollars. So how do I get him to decide? Any thoughts on that? Mm. <laughs> you know, if people are stuck, you have to wonder what it is inside of them that's causing them to, to be stuck. And the thing that I've discovered, and it goes back to what we've been talking about more and more today, is that – well, it, it goes back to the, the quote from Shakespeare. There is nothing either good nor bad in this world, but our thinking makes it so. And if you've got someone oh, who well can't make a decision – for whatever reason, you, you have to take a look at what is, what is their thinking surrounding that circumstance that's causing them not to take action or that's causing them to take the action that you don't want them to do. I mean it looks like on the surface, well, what they need, they need more information. They need more knowledge. They need more right. training. <laughs> well, what if, what, if what, what if what they need is less? What if what they need is less, less of the thinking that's causing them to be frozen, less of the thinking that's creating the box that so many companies are trying to think outside of today? 
what is that, that thinking that makes a situation appear real? Because I, I can tell you from my own experience and maybe from yours and maybe for all the listeners here, I mean, can you think of a time when you had a circumstance that looked impossible? It looked impossible, it looked impossible, and then all of a sudden – you learned how to drive a car. You passed the CPA exam. She said yes. You got married. The baby was born. I mean all of these things happen to us all the time. The, the impossible is all around us, but our thinking makes it so. It makes it impossible, and it's that, that perspective change that you hinted at earlier talking about how sometimes just another perspective can make all the difference in the world, but first for the leader, that that capability to listen, to understand, to see things from someone else's viewpoint, and then have the ability to share with them a viewpoint that's more useful, that's more powerful, and that, quite frankly, is more authentic. Because where does the impossible live? My experience, mostly in my mind. <laughs> the uh, the impossible lives in my wife's commentary for uh, on my abilities, but mm. that's. Uh, that's a whole other situation. <laughs> Actually, what I loved was, was what I loved, if I can straighten up here, is is that you had the leader look inside and find, uh, and just again look for the impact that would come by seeing the condition not just of the of the the person to whom the leader is talking, but maybe the the leadership's the leader's part in that himself. That's that's fabulous. That's great. Um, the uh, I just just one more thing I want to ask. You wrote a leadership language. Uh, you coach people on being leaders. So what uh, the fact that you wrote this book says? Uh, I can just see you sitting there. You know, there's after all my talks, there's something they just aren't getting. There's something that that, that they're just not uh, understanding. And these are good, bright leaders. So uh, can you give me in one of your famous nutshells? What is it that people aren't getting that they need to that they that they will get from leadership language? Hopefully, in in every presentation that I give, every speech that I do, there are always two presentations. There's the one that I give, and there's the one that people hear. And which one do you think is most important? For me, I know that I, it is the one that is heard. Right? What do you think, Bart? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think absolutely it is the perception, because as someone who loves to play with language, I, uh, you may have that alacrity of spirit and cheer of mind as we are wont to have, and it all slides right past you. It's it, because you're speaking to take something home with you, right? And to have what I know is the action. True. Well, and that's and that's kind of our intention here today is to provide some ideas, some new thoughts, a new way of looking at things. But here's what I know. People may hear our words today, and it may be tomorrow. It may be next week. It may be after they pick up a copy of Leadership Language, after they take in some of these ideas, and, and that's when the thoughts show up that can lead to the conversations that can change results. And one of the things that I put forward in, in the book and I'll put forward right now is that leadership and impact and new outcomes are never more than one thought away. So whether that thought shows up as you're listening to my words and, and the things that Bart and I are talking – that we're talking about here today, Bart, if for the audience, maybe things are showing up as we speak. Maybe things are going to show up two days from now. Maybe it's two weeks from now. But the point is that 
I, I can't um, disparage my audience for when things show up, but I do know that things will show up. And if you look in the direction of discovery, if you're looking to find new results, if you're looking to create greater impact as a leader, there are resources all around you. And hopefully this, this interview and this conversation is one of them. But leadership language can help reinforce and give you time to, to contemplate and to, to get that perspective that, that turns the impossible into the possible. And where can they get a copy of Leadership Language? Well, wherever fine books are sold, Bart. But of course, you can find it online. Yeah, uh, exactly. Amazon. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I've never been had a book right. that had by fine books, but that's that's all it is. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, you can find it at retailers. It's published by Wiley, but uh, you can find it on Amazon, and it's uh, in the electronic version and everything like that. And if if folks are interested, I, I mean. I'd be happy to uh, offer uh, a sample chapter, and, and they can download it, and I'll, I'll share that link with you. And if, if you want, you can post it on the page and, and direct people in that in that regard so that they can get a free chapter and get a taste of it and see if it's something that they might like to, to check out further. That's very gracious of you, Chris. Folks, do uh, take advantage of it. Uh, go to theartoftheceo.com, look for your free chapter, and as I say uh, – Unle- let's unleash your your uh, potential Alexander the Great here. Um, the other thing, Chris, uh, if I need uh, if I need something a little more personal, a little more face to face, I can hear you speak, and I can also uh, sign up for some coaching. How do I do both of those things? You're going you're going to some odd places to speak, aren't you? Well, I'm going here, there, and everywhere. I've got upcoming events uh, coming up in Austin. I'll be doing some work in in Dallas. I've got opportunities that take me all over North America, and I, I think you'll be able to share some of that information with the with the listeners if they want to find out about that. But if they're interested in having a, a more personal touch and a personal conversation, if you visit my website, which is westfallonline.com, I have a link on there, and you can contact me, and I will be more than happy to take 30 minutes. Uh, I set aside 30 minutes to talk with folks about whatever wow. issues they might be facing, whether whether they want to go in front of the sharks on Shark Tank and pitch their business idea, or they've got some leadership challenges and something is stalled in their career, or whatever the issue might be, I, I provide 30 minutes to take a look. And if you want to take me up on that, that's at westfallonline.com. It's a link. You can see my calendar. and. Um, we can find a time to talk if if you think that would be would be valuable. The other thing that I can offer Bart is my YouTube channel has over two million video views. And if you want to just plug my name into YouTube or go to youtube.com forward slash Westfall Online, you can find a number of resources on confidence, on how to be compelling, on the art and the principles behind an effective presentation and more. So that's that's a video resource that's free and available to everyone. Right. That's great. You have just heard one of the absolutely required, necessary aspects of leadership, and that is generosity. And you've heard it from Chris Westfall. Look, folks, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I have learned one heck of a lot from this show. Chris, thanks so much for coming on. It, it's been great fun for me, and uh, I, I know our, our uh individuals out there have gotten an awful lot from it and uh so i hope you keep spreading the gospel and we'd love to have you back sometime well thank you bart it's been a pleasure and i'll look forward to that next conversation thank you again my friend (laughs) all right thank you uh so as we round out today's feast 
Uh, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. Who was it who said, litigation is the basic legal right that allows every corporation its decade in court? Uh, this legendary retail uh, it was a hint to the author the, the, the legendary retail guru who, uh, who he's guided the likes of Walmart, DreamWorks and Microsoft uh, his, is a pro in and out of court and so if you know the author of that quote just scribble that name, author's name down as you believe him or her to be send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com and you will find yourself with a soul evening gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore And be sure to tune in next week to the Art of the CEO radio show as compensation expert uh, Tom Frederick explains how, why, and how most incentive programs fail miserably and how some sensible compassion uh, and some good thoughts might just fix it up. Hmm. Let's unravel human mind. Anyway, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, if you would be king... First study the ways the king spends his days, then determine if you really want the job. Damoclesian sword and all. And to you, gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed the art of the CEO as much as Chris and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this on all our shows at theartoftheceo.com. And finally, may I say to you, who have honored us with your time, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.